This is the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wetland. We're on episode 42, Three Keys to Accountability. Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also, as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. In the last episode, I focused on the definition of accountability and also the importance of understanding what it means, but I think even more important what it doesn't mean, aka blame and fear. So let's focus in this episode on how to create an atmosphere of accountability and also explore it as a practice. And let's start with an example. I want you to think about being on a team. You're on a team to explore and enhance the customer experience practices at your company. There's a project manager. You are on the team. The rest of the team, let's say that's like five people. And then of course your manager because they authorized you to be on the team. When you consider accountability, who do you think is the most accountable for the results of the project? How much accountability would you give the project manager if you had to put a percentage on it? How much would you give to yourself versus the rest of the team or your manager? What are all those numbers and whose number is the highest? Really take the time to reflect and consider this. What I commonly find in working with managers is that very often the percentages of accountability are the highest for the project manager or for ourselves followed by the rest of the team, and then the manager typically has the least because like, well, the PM is in charge and the manager would probably be pretty hands-off. So that makes sense, right? They're not even probably doing the day-to-day work in the team. This is often how we think about accountability. We think of it as who has more and who has less. And sometimes we think about whoever is in charge or in power is the most accountable. Because if something goes wrong, then they have to take the ownership, right? But there are flaws with this way of thinking. Because what if rather than considering a customer experience, you were going to go into an operating room for surgery? Would you say that the surgeon is the most accountable and that the others are less so? Do you want the anesthesiologist or any attending nurses to be less than 100%? What about the individuals who clean the room? or brought in the equipment? 
Is there any job or role that is less important or vital to the success of that surgery? And is there anyone who you would want to show up less than 100% accountable? Are they not all equally and fully accountable? In the last episode, we said accountability means that we own up to our actions, that we are answerable to the outcome, and that we're willing to look back at our actions or inactions, decisions, non-decisions, our choices, and own them, good or bad, which means everyone can be 100% accountable. That's right, simultaneously. And to some, that is a really mind-blowing thought. For those of us who think that whoever is more or less accountable in a project or in a team have a really hard time wrapping our brains about that mindset shift. But that is exactly what we need to do to get more accountability. We need to think about accountability as everyone has access to be 100% accountable. Because remember this, we're not talking about blame. We're not talking about fear. We're talking about the ability to look back and own our decisions that were answerable to the outcome. We can all do that 100% of the time. So rather than starting with wanting more accountability, we need to start at a more effective beginning, and that is with responsibility. To hold someone accountable in a fair manner, it means we have to set clear and reasonable expectations and goals, one in which the other person has committed to, meaning we don't assume that they know or take it for granted that they know what we want. Think back to that operating room example. There are probably hundreds of standard procedures in place and protocols and processes so that everyone is crystal clear on their roles and responsibilities in that operating room. And they've accepted them by walking into that room. That is what we want. We too have to be equally clear with those around us. And trust me, it is so much harder to hold someone accountable when they respond, oh, I didn't know that's what you wanted, or oh, that wasn't clear, or oh, I didn't understand. And while sometimes that's just easy for people to say, it also sadly sometimes is very true that there's a disconnect between clear expectations and then the gaps in accountability. So step one to get more accountability is to put the emphasis on clear responsibility. Make sure others understand and commit to their role and the task or the project. Responsibility can also be shared as long as the roles are clear. Step two then is to give them ownership over getting the goal accomplished. Whatever their role or task or project We have to give them the freedom to act, which means we don't micromanage them. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Sometimes it's hard to let that control go. By not giving people the freedom to act, we actually demonstrate a lack of trust. And we also are going to prevent them from making mistakes that will be helpful, some risks that they need to take. Because in giving people the freedom, it means they'll try new things. They, yes, will probably make mistakes. They're going to take some risks that heaven forbid you wouldn't take because of course you know better, 
but you know better because you've been allowed to take those same risks and you will let them. While giving people support and clear boundaries, you must give them the respect of owning what you've given them. What's interesting about ownership is responsibility can be shared, but ownership cannot. Each individual on that team must maintain ownership over their part of the job or the task or the role. And each person needs to speak up when they see a problem or where something is missed or when the train is coming off the tracks. Not abdicating to whoever is in charge to do that work. Rather, we need to all maintain ownership and let people know that bringing up challenges or ideas to those who are in the best position to resolve or address them is the right thing to do. Because imagine a world in which everyone maintained ownership 100%. It's a beautiful image, yet highly fuzzy (laughs) in my brain. Ownership means we take the actions that are needed to accomplish the goals, and we give it our all. Step three, then, is accountability. And it's funny because most people who want accountability start with accountability, like I want more of this. But accountability is the ongoing process, the looking back, the assessing what we've done or not done. And it means we are disciplined enough to ask those hard questions and also that we are strong enough and courageous enough to recognize and also celebrate our accomplishments because that too is accountability. So if you want more accountability in your life and because you've pretty much made it through two episodes of this podcast, I'm thinking that you do work on your mindset first. For you and those around you, know that you can maintain 100% accountability and responsibility at all times. Accountability does not have to be split up and portioned out. We only split it up and portion it out when we're living in fear of getting blamed for a mistake. Know that accountability is a process and a practice, and it starts with clear expectations, ones that are agreed to. Then we have to give ownership to others. We have to allow them to take risks and make mistakes. Remember that someone allowed you that grace as well. And finally, we demonstrate accountability, that willingness to own up to our actions, our choices, and decisions, and that we are answerable to the outcomes that we created. Accountability takes awareness, understanding, and discipline and I have total confidence in you to achieve it. I would love to know your thoughts and comments about accountability and how you're practicing it. Drop me a line. I would love to hear from you. And join me next week. We're going to talk about how to say goodbye. Goodbye.